What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us for another episode of Helmet Theory Podcast. We are super excited today. We've got our friend and filmmaker, David Leo Schultz, joining us. David's done movies like Ragamuffin, Brennan, and is currently working on his third project that'll be releasing at some point in the next few months. David takes a little time out uh, while he's driving to Disneyland, I believe, with his family, and he tells us a little bit about what's going on with him and his movies, and more importantly, we get into a really interesting conversation about just life and faith and Christianity and all the things that Nichols and I love to dive deep into. So we hope that you guys enjoy this episode. Without further ado, David Leo Schultz. All right, David, what's up, man? Hey, guys, how you doing? Doing awesome, awesome dude. Awesome. So you're on the road today, huh? Yeah, I'm uh, driving across town to Disney with my uh, to meet my wife and kids there. <laughs> That's fun, man. That's so fun. Well, uh, well thanks, for having me on this, thanks for having me on your show, man. I really appreciate you uh, putting up with the hassle. <laughs> oh gosh, no hassle at all, man. We're yeah. we're super thrilled to have you. We'll, we'll tell you some. Uh, we'll give you a little bit of insight into like how we know who you are and stuff like that in a minute, but. Uh, and we've introed you to, to our crowd a little bit, but can you just take a second and just give us info on who you are and kind of what you do? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I'm really like uh, just a dude from Indiana, and uh, I've lived out kind of up and down on the West Coast for about 16 years. The, the small nutshell about me is that, you know, I, um, my grandma, you know, was a Christian, my parents were divorced, kind of come from a broken home, and so the faith my you know I grew up with for my grandma was I call her the first ragamuffin I ever met. She, uh, you know, she was like David Jesus is all that matters. No, go clean up your room, you little shit ass. <laughs> <laughs> the sweet tender love and, of a grandmother. Yeah, and so you know, and I, it sounds really funny, but like she really taught me this really sincere faith. You know, like I, I remember memories of like waking up in the morning and you know in the middle of the night to go to the restroom or whatever, and she would be out in the living room talking to Jesus by herself. Oh, you know, wow. so so I had this real kind of real simple faith and okay. really a, a faith that had no real razzmatazz to it um, because of my grandma. And be, but because my parents weren't Christians and my grandma was loosey goosey with the rules. <laughs> you know, I had a real, I had a real like, I didn't, I didn't really have any like what I what I came to, you know, I didn't really, there was no bullshit involved in my faith. Okay. And um, and so now the other side of that is, uh, you know, I had a real rough time. You know, my, um, you know, when I was with my mom, she'd have drunk boyfriends that would be really horrible to me and lived in constant fear. And then I had a father figure commit suicide when I was young. Wow. And, and uh, I, I say all that to say that from a pretty young age, the only thing that saved me from all of that was a genuine encounter and experience with Christ. So for me, from a young age, I Jesus has been as real to me as talking to you guys right now. Oh, that's awesome, man. Uh, well, it's, it's interesting... So, it's interesting that you say that because oh, yeah. Nichols and I both come from a very kind of traditional legalistic Baptist background. So we, uh, yeah, yeah, this this is a very different upbringing than what we what we grew up with. Well, here's the ironic thing, guys. I didn't know this until my grandma died. But the church I grew up with when I when we had our funeral was uh, was an independent fundamentalist Baptist church. 
Wow, okay. But I think that my grandma really shielded that from me because uh, I didn't know any better, nor care. Now, I did go on to regular Baptist church, Southern Baptist churches. Sure. And I still have friends at some of those. Yeah. You know, and uh, because I didn't have the... I see, what, I did, what I didn't have, which ended up being a blessing in disguise, was I, my parents didn't go there. And so I went there, but I didn't have anybody telling me to obey the religious rules. Yeah. Wow. That's that's and, interesting. And yes, but but here's here's what I had though. My Jesus freak years were in my younger years. Okay. So my here's this guy. Here's this like hillbilly kid, me, <laughs> who fell who fell in love with Jesus because of a real experience with him and. I have this ragamuffin grandma, which if you, you know, this is the gift of grandparents. If, if, if they say you're okay, you're okay. Right, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. It, it, it's like your principal, your pastor, your deacons, the, the youth pastors, you know, anyone, any authority figures that like kind of give you crap from a young age. Um, they just, you kind of are bulletproof with them if your grandma's got your back. Right. Yeah, that's and, totally fair. <laughs> so I kind of have this like, you know, like, man, I love Jesus, but don't fuck with me attitude. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See, that's that's so different than than how we grew up. So let me rewind a little bit because you're using this word that I mean I know Nichols and I are both familiar with, but ragamuffin. So I, I know one of your first films was ragamuffin. Um, which, oh my gosh, I just, let me fanboy for half a second, okay? I'm not kidding when I say this. I've seen your film Ragamuffin between 15 and 20 times. Well, you've, uh, you've probably seen it more than me then. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I happened upon it. it. It was on Netflix several years ago, and I happened upon it. I thought it was a documentary on Rich Mullins, and so I clicked it just kind of mindlessly. Two hours later, and a face full of tears, dude. I'm sitting there losing my mind, going, "Oh my gosh, dude! This is—I mean, it was life changing." At the time, I was a—I uh, was a pastor at a church, and I, I did college ministry and stuff, and I had an internship, so I made all my interns watch it. And then every time I had a friend over, I'd be like, "Dude, you got to see this movie. It's going to change your life." So, and and for me, I actually didn't stumble upon this until until Hep actually told me about it, and I relate. A hundred percent with the story that you did on Rich Mullins. You know, I actually felt like that that was my story pretty much. Not necessarily like I didn't become famous or anything like that, but I actually was a pastor as well. Figured out that wasn't for me. Figured out, oh, well, I'm going to go against that. And and I guess I guess part of the story that I saw in, in the Ragamuffin gospel, or the Ragamuffin movie was... It seemed like Rich went from, you know, kind of trying to struggle with the fundamentalist side of Christianity, and then he totally flipped the pendulum, and then he hammered the gas down to see if how far he could go against that. And then he finally realized, oh, I just need to be myself. And that's when that's when he, you know, went to the Indian reservation. And that that for me was huge because it was like, whoa, like that just gave a voice via a movie to exactly what I've experienced. But, you know, when I saw that, I literally saw a man 
challenge the mask that people put on in church and in a very simple way it just all kind of ties together with me and so i just wanted to hear more about just questions that maybe hep has uh that's pretty much what i got out of it well so, so i'm i'm wanting to know more about i'd love for you to elaborate on this idea of a ragamuffin and like what that means and and really how it's played in your life I, this is a huge theme i mean you've you've kind of built a whole I guess ministry and yeah. the whole thing. Well, yeah, you know, look, look. Here, here, here's what here's what was on my. If I can be honest with you guys, here was what what was on my heart as I got your email about this podcast. What was on my heart is I, I could kind of go through my resume, <laughs> right? Uh, which is flattering. I, I could kind of you know talk about all the movies and stuff. I think but what was really on my heart as I got your email is just something. Something was pulling on my heart that, like, I think the best way to use our time wisely is let's ask those questions that, frankly, aren't even for your audience. Maybe they will help your audience as well. But sure. Like, okay. We're about to dive into something yeah, I really I like. Just, <laughs> I just want I want to use this time for you guys personally to, you know, you know, any, I, I, and look, I never say this to podcast hosts. There was just something specifically on my heart as I read your email where I was like, Oh man. Okay. These guys are on, a, these guys are on a journey right now. Let's <laughs> use this time wisely to wow. wherever you're at to ask any questions. Yeah. The faith journey. So that's yeah. great. That's, that's, it's, it's great that you say that. So Nichols and I have both. Been, we have been on this journey of sort of, you know, the, the religious people love to talk about what it means to be free in Christ. And we've been Christians, you know, for 20 something years or so. And so for us, we've been on this journey of we've been best friends since we were 10. You know, we've, we've been walking this journey out together, thick and thin, high and low. And it wasn't until this last year or so that we both kind of went through different traumatic things. I guess the last two or three years, it, it kind of challenged this idea of like, is it okay to doubt? Is it okay to be angry? Is it with God? Is it okay to ask questions? You know, can I step outside of my evangelical comfort zone and be safe? We wanted to give ourselves and other people permission to be where they're at, man. Well, let, let me uh, let me say this. Yes. <laughs> Podcast over, dude. We got it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Let me just say that kind of something, I guess something that I will kind of go into a little bit. And I think we talked about this on our last episode. What started me on this journey was I have a good friend who whose daughter is a lesbian, came out as a lesbian when she was 13, and he was a leader of a men's ministry. He basically, he made a statement on Facebook when the early stages of Facebook supporting his daughter and was asked to step down. And ended up actually pretty much being asked to leave the church based on his support of his daughter being a lesbian. And for me, that really bothered me to the core so much. And it, and it really began a journey of me asking questions like, man, is this okay? Is it not okay? Is it a sin? Is it not a sin? And where I land with that, David, is I don't think it really matters whether it's a sin or not. If I'm not loving them, if I don't care about them genuinely then why does it matter if it's a sin? Yeah, I I think you're really on to something. And let let, let me explain, (laughs) let me explain this, is that there has to be room in the body of Christ 
to disagree with each other. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, that's so, really good. So, so if, if you're a gospel guy, if you're a gospel gal, you will always butt up against conservative ideals and liberal ideals. Yeah. Right? So as long as, you know, you said you like war, you know, um, as long as you, you are um, dualistic, right, as we yeah. talk about all the time, as long as you're dualistic, you will constantly be in some type of food fight. Let me tell you the real problem with that story that you, that, that, that you just had. Now, uh, my views are pretty much out there, right? But I always like to challenge people with, instead of trying to find an answer, let's, let's figure out what the problem is, right? Because here's the biggest problem with, with Protestantism in general. What you have to remember, Protestantism in general, meaning from the root word means protest, right? Yeah, right. And we have been protesting for 500 years, okay? And so, so in it, really what it's become is it's become this knowledge game, right? Yeah. You know, again, to quote Roar, right? Who's in, who's out, who's right, who's wrong, which <laughs> none of these answers really have to do with the gospel. Yeah. Right? I'm glad that you, uh, I'm glad you're familiar with Roar. Letting go, surrendering, dying, you know, um, and dropping our nets and following him, you know, to, to use the, the, the scripture reference. Here's the problem that I have when you hear this story, and here's always the problem that when I have hear any of these stories, is I think that, that, that there's a real darkness that comes on my soul when I hear stories like that. And it has nothing to do with sexuality. Absolutely. The real, the real fucking problem, excuse my language, but the real fucking problem that I have with this issue is that there is, there's no love or compassion in that scenario whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's, I think, the fundamental problem. Now, look, do I think that, that there's more issues? You know, obviously sexuality is a huge, huge topic, right? I have in my circle of friends, I have friends who are gay, are lesbian, are pastors who think homosexuality is a sin, Okay. And I am able to maintain really good friendships with all of them. But the problem is there, there's this thing that really you find in evangelical Christianity, which, by the way, is younger than Protestantism. Right. <laughs> right? And so, you know, I have a really good friend who is like a theological genius. And, um, you know, he said, he always reminds me whenever these like frictions come up within evangelicalism. The evangelical Christianity is really new and it probably won't last. Right? That's like, interesting. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's off the it's clock, is what he said. Sure. Now, the Christian tradition is way old. It's basically like going like, you know, ignoring history about how Rome fell and go, America will last forever. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we're 200 years old. And so look, man, you know, here's here's the problem with approaching issues, trying to handle what's right and what's wrong. Because because this is what we did in the garden. Remember the garden, right? Yep. yep. The garden is about the, the tree of life, eating of the fruit of the, of the knowledge of what? Good, Good and, evil. and evil. Yep. And this is what we've done ever since. What we've done ever since is What's right? What's wrong? Who's good? Who's bad? What's good? What's evil? And none of it happened. And then, then what happened? 
2,000 years ago, Jesus comes and says, I'm the tree of life, mm. right? I'm the burnt blood. I'm the living water, right? And what does he do? He loves all and he accepts all, right? He, de- he refuses to answer a lot of those questions of what's right and what's wrong. And, he, and what he does is he says, I am the vine and you are the branch, right? You want to make it about who's in and who's out by who's doing by playing basically hot potato with morality. (laughs) Instead, he's like, God is love. And if you don't love each other, and not you're out, right? It's not about being out or it's about being in. It's about being awake or being blind, right? Awake or being blind. And so, like, 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 let's say we can handle this one issue and settle it all for all, not only Christianity, but all of humanity about sexuality. All right, well, then guess what's going to happen? Now we're going to find something else to argue about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? So, so there has to be a new paradigm. And this is the paradigm that Jesus came to teach. The paradigm that Jesus came to teach is, how about you love each other? But it can't be that simple, about, David. Yeah, right. Well, and this is why, this is why, and so you guys mentioned you come from these fundamental Baptist backgrounds, right? Yes, you've had a hard time, and so did Jesus. So from a storyteller's perspective, I think Jesus was saying, I, I think that, this, you know, again, the scriptures came about 60, 100 years after he lived, right? Um, specifically the Gospels. And so I think specifically that Jesus was saying something for the rest of history for us to know mm-hmm. from a storyteller's perspective that so much real estate of the Gospels was about him versus the religious people, not him against sinners. That's really interesting. Right? right? So, so, and here's the thing. Of course he loves them so much. I mean, look, one, you, know, to, you know, it's like he loved everybody. I mean, the people that murdered him was like, oops, I killed God. I think he was God, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like, like... He lo- like he loves everybody, but he came to say, "I think this is like you guys think that sin's the problem. You will always have sin, therefore you will always need forgiveness. The main problem is not sin. The main problem is that religious spiritual blindness. Wow! <laughs> because this is what's going to cause you guys to kill God." And here's the thing, if you don't attack this this religious spirit and recognize the evil that it is, you are also going to kill God in your communities and in the hearts of your people. Wow, and look man. at and look at and look at what's happening right now. What's happening right now is so many people like yourself, like other people that they are being they are being crushed not by sin right? Because the gospel frees us of that, right? It's like, yeah, you got that, I got that, you know, like, we all got that, uh, I got that covered, <laughs> right? But anyway, the atonement theory is a whole nother follow-up. <laughs> Part two. But, you know, well, that'll be a separate podcast. But the, but the point, but there, but there is that redemptive, in my opinion, metaphors, but even if you do subscribe to the atonement theory, fine. Either way, whether it's metaphors or not, it's all covered, right? The real problem, the real enemy of the gospel 
It's not doubt. It's not disbelief. It's not sin. It's religion. It, yeah. And listen, it always has been, and it always will be. <laughs> <laughs> In 500 years, they're going to be listening to this podcast or other podcasts, and they're going to be like, what's the main problem we have to watch out for that's killing, uh, you know, that's causing so much abandonment of the faith? Oh, the same thing that it was when Jesus came. came. It, it's, the, it's, 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 the spirit, uh, it's the spirit of pride. It's the spirit of religion, right? Here's where you can know a vibrant community of, of faith. Look at the fruit of the spirit. Oh, wow. Is what, is what reigns peace, patience, kindness, joy, self-control. If this is the attitude of your elders, if this is the attitude of your deacons, if this is the attitude of the parishioners, if this is the overall attitude of the culture, right, it can handle anything that's thrown at it. Someone has come out as gay. Peace, patience, joy, tenderness. Gentlemen, right? Wow. Someone, yeah. Someone's got a divorce. Peace, patience, joy, right? Like, because they live the kingdom, they live in the kingdom, which is where God reigns and not their, oh my gosh, we have a sinner amongst us. <laughs> what will everybody think, right? Or, and, and it goes on and on. Again, I don't think homosexuality is a sin just to be clear about it. Sure. Right? Yeah. Uh, but I, I have friends that do, and I lovingly think they're wrong. <laughs> but like, you can, but here's the thing. To be a Christian, you don't have to be right. That's a that's a right? really interesting thing. And, and Nichols and I were talking recently, and one of the things we thought was so interesting was that we have reduced Christianity down to this this one point where we say, if you believe this thing... You're good, but if you don't, you will die and burn in hell forever. It's it's just not it, you know. Like, look, I'm just I'm just gonna cut to the chase to save you some time. We boil Christianity down to down to two things, right? Belief and behavior, right? Believe these things, behave these ways, and you're in. <laughs> Therefore, we completely we that that's why you have so many people calling themselves Christians that aren't Christians. As long as you're hung up on who's in and who's out, who's saved, who's unsaved, then you can have millions and millions, and we've got millions, of people going, I'm a Christian, but I'm a complete fucking asshole. <laughs> well, the, right? the, the funny thing about what you're saying, just kind of piggyback off of what you're, what you're getting at there. So, so for me, I haven't completely abandoned the church because I think that's not the answer. But I have stepped way back on going and things like that. But and the reason why for me, man, I, I've actually spent more time with gay and lesbian people, atheists, agnostics, you name it, just from me kind of stepping away a little bit. Well, good for you, man. Here's the deal. Like, I've always had those. Yeah. Right? And so if it, if it took you kind of like your faith getting a little rocky to actually be more inclusive, thank God. Yeah, right? yeah. Because cause here's, the, cause here's the deal. Like, Christianity is not the, 
we are we are not the only ones who have the the market cornered on truth. <laughs> right? <laughs> like they're going to teach. Like let, let me teach you something that um, that I heard from or who learned this from a rabbi. Right? The name of God Yahweh. Right? With no vowels. Right? How do you pronounce that? Like we we inserted vowels to kind of pronounce it. Right. So if you take the, the YW, right? YH, the way it's pronounced is the sound of your breath. Yeah. Right? So every time you breathe in and every time you breathe out, breathe out you're saying the name of God. Wow. Right? Like, we didn't learn that from the Christian tradition. <laughs> we learned that. And that, but that we are a grandchild of the Jewish tradition. Mm-hmm. Because the Protestants, of which I come from as well, right, were a daughter of Catholicism, right? Okay, it, yeah. It, you know, and this is, this is a part of the problem, is like with Protestants, we're taught like, Catholics are bad, da 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 their theology is whack, and it's like, we have just cut our legs off with all the all that we could have learned, right? It's... It's funny how much uh, once I once I put down the kind of the sword and the shield of everyone who was different than me, and I just said, you know what, I'm gonna listen, hear what they say. I, I may not even agree, and that's okay. It's funny how much I learn, and not only learn about the facts and the data of another religion or denomination or way of life, but just the heartbeat of each person, because each person has obviously has a story and has experiences. And I was telling Nichols the other day. This is sort of my story in a in a sentence is I've always been too churchy for the non-churched and not churchy enough for the churched, which put me in this weird category. And I felt like this weird, ugly stepchild where, okay, I'm trying to do this Jesus thing and the world, this big bad world that's out there sort of rejects, maybe rejects that part. But then I have friends that are different and not christians and so the church says no bad can't do that don't go there yeah how, how do we balance oh well you don't <laughs> <laughs> i love that so you know see there there is no such thing as a balance matter of fact here's what you were meaning when you say balance what you were meaning when you say balance is how can i make both sides happy <laughs> whoa <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can't and you can't you can't make both sides happy there's always going to be things that the that that and what we mean by world is culture, right? Right, right, right. Like Jesus came to undo the American dream before it was an American dream. That's so right? good. <laughs> he he came to say like like your life shouldn't be about prestige, power, or possession, and that's what the American dream is all about. Yeah, right. And so like when it, when you start living life from the bottom up instead of the instead of trying to get to the top of the ladder like the, the culture is going to look at you like i told a friend the other day who's not a christian and uh i love her to death she's uh one of the original writers of saturday night live and she's a great gal and uh i i told her you know yeah i'm making a movie about saint francis i'm giving all the profits away to the poor and she looked at me like i was the weirdest <laughs> dude on the planet and I knew what she was feeling, and she's like, "Oh, me, right?" And um, <laughs> I get the, I get the same experience amongst you know Christians, you know, when when I go, 
man, what if Jesus really meant what he said and, you know, we should not kill? Yeah. Whoa. You know? Yeah. Uh, so so you tell you someone, know, I, you tell someone something like that, hey, I'm going to give all the proceeds away to the poor, and they go, why? Of course no one asks that, yeah, but... Because you're from a different planet. You know, you're you're... It's just not the way we work, right? Like in America. Yeah. It's, it's like we're all about acquiring. We're all about getting. We're all about becoming the best. And look, you look at our churches today, they're really, it's really the gospel of America instead of the gospel of Christ, right? Dude. It's about, you know, as my friend Jim Smith says, it's about like the ABCs. It's all about attendance, buildings, and cash. Oh, man. Right? which is all about getting the numbers and like getting the money and like right. getting the buildings and like the facades. And I, you know, I was, you know, I, I don't want to bash on people because even like I, I have friends with senior pastors of those mega churches sure. and you know, it's, it's just, look, the cross of Christ. This is why I really love the, 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 the what we can learn from the Catholic church. They don't take Jesus down from the cross. And there's a real reason. Because hmm. the reason is, one of the reasons, one of the reasons is, is Jesus is the roadmap of how we're to lead our lives. And this is what the, the Holy Gospel is all about, right? When you stop trying to make the Gospel just about fire insurance, and you really make it a roadmap for how we too can have abundant life. Remember what Jesus said, I've come to bring you life and life more abundantly. How does that apply to fire insurance, right? Dude, that's Jesus so good. Jesus is using that right now. Well, who has it, right? Why are there so many miserable pricks that are called Christians, right? <laughs> and you really look at their lives, and, like, they're just as, you know, and I was one of them, too, and I can be one of them, too, right? I'm not, I'm not better than them. Right. I am them, right? So when Gosh. I say, when I say, like, like, you know, them, I'm meaning me. I, it's just, this is the gospel. It's like I was blind and now I see, right? The gospel, the gospel is this. God loves you and God says, follow me. And where does he lead us? The cross, right? Man. And so and that's why he hangs on the cross, is he invites us to do the same. So, so we can be like Paul, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but it is Christ who lives in me. This is the end game, right? It's not that we do more, but that we die more, mm -hmm. right? The, the gospel calls us to complete surrender, right? To a letting go of our lives. When you really let go of it, bro, you won't, you won't care anymore. Have, you won't care anymore about like, I wonder which side I'm going to make happy today. That is well, such right? a great point. <laughs> That, that's interesting to me because my my kind of answer to that was, like, I just have to be true to myself and who God made me to be. First off, I'm still on a journey. But I, but I think that for me, stepping into just who I naturally am has been huge for me. So It's the first step, right? So the first step, the first step is Jesus comes to us as we are. This is, this is why I love the Brennan Manning quote of which uh, I directed my first movie, Ragamuff. It changed my life too. And, and, and it's still, it, it's still when I, when I, um, 
when I have to face my own depravity and I can start to feel like real, I mean, I'm not using this ex expletive, you know, to be edgy. I'm saying when I really feel like shit about how I fail, and I, I mean, I, I didn't return to any type of ministry for at least a decade because I had a kid out of wedlock. And yeah. all I wanted to do, to kind of continue my story, from the time I was a kid, all I wanted to do was be like Brendan Manning and preach the gospel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then I had a kid out of wedlock, and I was so filled with shame and hurt and, and also that kind of like, wow. I was also sick and tired of like the constant, you know, battles with religious people about petty things, about liberties, about like cussing or, or all this, <laughs> you know, you know, like, uh, all the bullshit. All this image -based, <laughs> yeah. All this bullshit, all this image based religion. Right. Which, which had nothing to do with it. It always cracks me up how like the real hangups of the Protestant church always has to do with the sins of the flesh and never the sins of the spirit, right? Which which is exactly what Jesus said. It's like, you hypocrites, all you care about is that the outside of the cup is clean, right? And so so all the, the, the main sins that the church cares about is like, are you getting divorced? Are you having sex with your girlfriend? Are you getting drunk? None of it is about pride, gossip, self-righteousness, envy, anything contrary to the fruits of the spirit, right? It's because as long as we can, as long as we can create a culture where we look good without actually being good, we're okay. Dude, that's, right? that's a lot of my observation of, of just who I was for a long time, but also what I observe just in Christianity altogether. And it's, I think it comes like, I'm, I'm to the point where it's not necessarily, where it's not necessarily something I get mad about anymore. But it's just something that I observe, and it is, it, it bothers me still because I know what it's like to come out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, let me let me let me let me say a word to you when I'm when I'm you know and take all this with a grain of salt. Um, okay. You know, just what I'm feeling right now is, um, you know, so so one the, the quote that I was getting to is, is Brennan Manning says this: "God loves you as you are, not as you should be, because none of us are as we should be." Oh my goodness! Yeah. That's it, right there, right? So, so that's step one. Step one is that, like, oh, I, I, I'm in, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, like Brandon Manning used to say, salvation is nothing more than accepting the fact that you're accepted, mm -hmm. right? And so, like, like this is the this is the God that this is the Christian God who comes and he says, like, you know, I'm going to show you what my Father's like, mercy. You're all in compassion. Yeah. My grace covers it all, right? And so what that immediately does is, is, is it says we don't have to pretend anymore like we have our shit together, right? And so from there, let me encourage you with this. You are, there is nothing wrong with this phase that you're going through, Matt. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with it at all. But I do want to challenge you about this. Okay. Right. No matter where you land on theology, no matter where you land on your observations of what is good, what is healthy, what is bad, what is unhealthy about the organizational thing called the church. All right. 
two, two separate issues, but they overlap, right? No matter where you land on any of that, you needing to take a step back, you needing to, to create bridges with others, all that stuff's good. But here's the deal. None of that will bring you closer to intimacy with Christ. Okay. And, so, and so what I want to encourage you to do is, I know we're just meeting, so it's a bit awkward. No, you're good. <laughs> um, I'm loving this. What I, what I want to encourage you to do is, is you know, look, I, I have a shit ton of friends that aren't Christians anymore that were. And, e- and every time I would go to them and I, I'd say, well, why aren't you a Christian anymore? And they go, you know, this, it would always be reasons, right? Uh, really good reasons, by the way. <laughs> sure, right? yeah. Um, no one ever hears that. Like, you hear these <laughs> reasons, and you're like, God, I mean, I guess I want to be a Christian. But, here, but here's what, also, because I, I'm good enough friends with these people, and I say, you know, I, I tell them, I was like, you know, I've gone through those things, too. I have been, I have been so, uh, let me tell you, when I had that kid out of wedlock, and my, my girlfriend at the time, who was having my baby. Your was, baby uh, mama. <laughs> still, yeah, my, my baby's mama. Uh, when she was still like in a Christian school, and I and I was just freshly out, but still living in a small Christian college town, I was so treated like shit that yeah. I, I I remember being in my car and going, "God, I am fucking pissed at you." Yeah, because. I, here, here's why. Because I don't want to be a Christian anymore, mm-hmm. but I am pissed at you because I am convinced that you're real. It's yeah. it's so wild to hear you say that, David. I uh, I had that moment right there when I was a, a pastor who had just left pastoring and then entered into a divorce. And all of a sudden... I remember I was actually living with Nichols for a couple months. His wife was deployed at the time. I was living at his house because I was separated. And I remember just having a cussing fit with God and saying that same thing, man. And here's what the Holy Spirit told me that day. David, would you still be a Christian even if no one ever thought you were? (laughs) And I went, yeah, I'm in. So what does that um, what does that mean to you? Well, here's here's what that well I mean that's layered right but right here, yeah that's so good. Here, here's the point that I was there's two things primarily. One is and, and again I still ask friends that I've hung on in the faith and I go why are you still a Christian I ask everybody this now um, and it always comes back to one thing experience yeah. Right? Uh, so my encouragement to you is, you know, whatever your process is with the theology and your, you know, you figuring out philosophy about what the church should look like, what it shouldn't look like for you. Let me give you a short answer on both of those categories before we move on. (laughs) Go, go where it brings life. Go where it brings life because where life is, is Christ. Let me say this, though. None of those things really can stoke the fires of your intimacy with Christ, though. Right? 
I want, I want her to pass this say this, and here's what it comes down to. Pay attention to what stirs your affections for Christ. Wow. And, and also, I would add on to that, pay attention to what robs your affections for Christ. And so you want, you want to talk about what brings life versus what doesn't. As you go through this journey of, like, frankly, I don't really give a shit where you land on theology. I know that's not popular. Or <laughs> should or shouldn't look like whatever. Uh, for me, like, I go, I go, you know, here's the reality of the love of God. Read, read the scriptures again. There is nowhere you can go where you will be separated from the love of God. So you can't step back from God any more than you can step in. Okay. The only thing that changes is your awareness. And that's and that's what I truly pray for for you is that wherever you go on this journey that you're having is that you become more and more aware of how much God loves you. Stoke the fires of that divine love affair that God had in mind when he knit you together in your mother's love. Because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And so I tell people all the time, look, just fall in love with Christ. He's in love with you. I and, love that, um, man. And that, that don't step away from, metaphorically speaking. You can't anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, Dude, I freaking love what you're saying right now. Here's the reality. There's two types of people that typically listen to what we say, and a big chunk of those people are are the people that need to hear what you just said, and and that's kind of the religious crowd that just needs to hear more of the freeing message of who Jesus is. But we also, we have a lot of friends who, they don't subscribe to the same set of beliefs as we do as far as God goes. What message would you have for those people? That have different faiths. I'll tell you what, I'm going through this Disney garage, <laughs> garage here. This is not a garage, the little ticket stand. Just give me a second so I can think again. It's <laughs> perfect. What if I, like, I'm like the Christian, like, whatever guest on this thing, and I just was, like, really rude to that guy just now. <laughs> <laughs> just like, F off, bro. I'm on a podcast. Anyway, anyway, Jesus loves you guys. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, um, that is a really good question. Uh, look, the, the same thing that I would say to a non-Christian is what I would say to a Christian. Is that it, it's going to be okay. It, it's just going to be okay. You know, what I would say is that there is a God, and he is crazy. She is crazy. Gender, by the way, is a metaphor for God, you know. You know, I have all the things you've said. We'll get the most comments on that right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's it. And that's it. Well, 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 you know, honestly, the same encouragement I have for somebody who's not a Christian or it, or is is the same thing. And I'll, I'll end with this kind of thing to kind of explain it. Because I really feel like the message for the non-Christian is the same exact message for the Christian. And it's this message. God loves you as you are, not as you should be, because none of us are as we should be. That's where you start. 
right? That's incredible. So let, let me let, just, let me unpack what that means, though, right? Because here's the problem. See, you can say that pretty much to a non-Christian. Sure. And they'll get it. They'll get it easier. The real problem is the Christian, because they won't get it, because they've been told that their whole life. So let me give you let me give you a little metaphor. I have one of my best friends' name is Randy, and we make he's like the guy in our friend circle that we make fun of all the time. We do that um, to each other. <laughs> yeah, so you guys get it. So Randy's nickname in our friend group is called Random Fact Randy, right? Because he's like. Like, literally, we went to uh, Six Flags one time, and he could tell us, like, which one was the tallest roller coaster, and then there's this other roller coaster in Japan that's this many feet, and it's the tallest one, right? He just knows everything. Oh, random fact, Randy. (laughs) Random (laughs) fact, Randy. That's great. Well, so when I speak at churches or wherever I speak sometimes, I'll usually open with this. I'll go, do you know that God loves you? And, you know, largely it's Christian crowds, right? And so they'll all raise their hand, right? And go, yeah, yeah I, I know that. You guys would probably raise your hand, too. Sure. And uh, I, w- I would, too, if I was somebody who was speaking there. And I would say, okay, well, let's say I go to the Grand Canyon with Random Fact Randy. And, I, and I'm like, and I asked Randy, I was like, Randy, I'm going to ask you a really simple question. Do you know that the Grand Canyon is deep? Oh, and then it's like he's off He's off to the races, right? He's telling me about, like, the width of the circumference of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> he's telling me, like, like, the history of the Grand Canyon. He's telling me about, like, uh, the John Murr Trail in Yosemite doesn't have anything to do with the Grand Canyon, right? He's telling me, like, how deep it is and how wide it is and all that stuff. And I go, wow, Randy, you really seem to know how deep the Grand Canyon is. And he goes, I know everything there is to know how deep the Grand Canyon is. And I say, well, I wonder if you would have a different perspective if I did this. And he says, do what? And then I push him in. (laughs) (laughs) There is a huge difference. That's what I was kind of getting at with you, Matt. Yeah. There's a huge difference of knowing that God loves you and experiencing God loves you. Yeah. there's two different things. That's so good. That, that, that's all I was going to say was, wow, that's that's a great way to sum up this, this entire thing. Is is like if we didn't say anything else, I mean, we, we could have made this podcast two minutes if we just asked you that question. Right. It, it, look, here's the real problem with the time that we're in right now. It's just all a big distraction. Let's talk about the hot topics, guys, like homosexuality or abortion, yeah. or theology questions, or this or that. And it's like, what does that have to do with letting God love you, you falling in love with God, and then you becoming what you were always destined to be, which is unconditionally loving to your neighbor? Yeah. <laughs> and I think that a non-Christian, wherever they are at with Christ, they can get that. Yeah. Well, man, I think that is a great way to end this podcast. This has been so good for us, I know, just personally. I kind of forgot we were recording for a second, which is great. Tell me this, (laughs) because, yeah, right. I want our people that are listening, I want them to get a chance to find out more about you. Um, Just because, honestly, man, and I'm not trying to, I know that you're walking in humility and you're not trying to do the whole 
talk about me thing. But man, I just got to tell you, the message that you've been sharing has been huge for me. And whether that was through the films that you've done and the one you're doing, or whether it's through your blog or your podcast, it's it's been huge for me. So where can our people find out more about you? Well, I, I do a podcast as well called the Ragamuffin Preacher Podcast, and it's wherever you listen to podcasts, I'm sure you can find it. Well, right now I, I'm making a movie about St. Francis of Assisi, and we're giving all the profits away to poor. So uh, I've got about 25 grand on a credit card and about 25 more grand I need to make the second half of the movie. Okay. And so if people, you know, want to Google GoFundMe and St. Francis movie, and then, uh, you know, look, I'm trying to do something brand new, you know, because like you guys kind of mentioned, it's like I don't really fit into either world. I don't really fit into Hollywood or, you know, it's I, I have a real hard time getting a youth pastor job, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. Uh, we, we were looking for you on Pure Flix, actually. We couldn't find you. We didn't know what the deal was. Yeah, well, yeah, to my, to my <laughs> anger, right? <laughs> You know, but I have a streaming service called RagamuffinTV.com. Okay. And you can watch any of my past movies for, for free, and, you know, we got other stuff on there. Um, I actually and, found uh, your stuff on uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah, yep. We're on Amazon. Ragamuffin's on Amazon. So there's lots of free ways you can watch our, our, our movies. Um, cool. But our next one, we'll, we'll do a premiere and a tour and all that, and... Um, and then uh, if you want to, so I'm kind of dedicating my life to, to just doing movies and ministry. And, uh, uh, but I also am trying to, uh, I also do Uber and Lyft to help pay the bills. So it's like, it's hard kind of like making a movie and then like, oh, I got to go do Uber now because I got to pay my cell bill. <laughs> so yeah. um, kind of like a missionary, I'm trying to raise support and the way I'm doing that is through sure. Patreon. So patreon.com slash David Lewis. Okay. There's other, there's other stuff in there, but that's, yeah. that's enough. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll post this stuff and... Man, thank you so much. And dude, we're gonna have to figure out when the premiere of of uh, the Francis movie is. And we got a freaking I, I don't know where it's gonna be, but we need to go to it. <laughs> That'd be so fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'll be twenty twenty sometime, and it'll probably be in Indianapolis because uh, the the profits were specifically gonna get, get Rich Mullen's brother Lloyd has yeah. a, a Native American ministry, and uh, we're gonna give all the profits to that specific ministry. Wow! Oh, that's great, man. <laughs> Well, so he's in Indiana, so we thought it'd be great to do the premiere out there. Oh, that's that's freaking beautiful. We we'll we'll keep we'll keep our eyes and ears open, and we'll we'll track it. You may just you may just meet us in person at the premiere. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I can't wait, man. It'll be fun. Come on out. Well, man, thank you so much. You've spent so much time talking to us, and dude, it's just been so good. Um, Seriously, thank you. Hey, nice to meet you, man. Thanks for digging in, and uh, go have fun at Disneyland with your family. I will, guys. I'm going to run here. All right. Talk to you later. All, All right. right see you, David. You. Bye. All right, everybody. That was David Leo Schultz. Nichols, what would you think? <laughs> my, my mind is kind of numb from thinking about all of it. I just want to sit in it for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to push you in the Grand Canyon? Holy cow, yeah. man. 
Dude, I love that. I, so for those of y'all that are, are listening uh, still, thanks for hanging in for almost an hour. That's uh, awfully kind of you. Let me just tell you. So I, I found this movie randomly. I alluded to it earlier. But the movie is called Ragamuffin. It's based on uh, it's based on the life of Rich Mullins, who's saying our God is an awesome God. And you may think of that as a cheesy like 80s Christian song and whatever. Uh, but David actually did a, a film about his life. And if you haven't seen it, it's incredible. The dude's life was so cool. And Brennan Manning, who he alluded to, wrote a book called Ragamuffin Gospel. And that's kind of where the name came from. So it's played a huge role in my life. That was... Uh, yeah, dude, I I've actually, I saw Ragamuffin a few days ago because, you know, I've heard about the books, but I never really heard about the movie until you told me about it. Yeah. And, you know, in just preparation for just speaking with David, I was like, man, like... Hep talks about this thing all the time, so yes. I went and, and watched it, and I was blown away at how much I related to that. So I expected, like, I don't, I don't know David personally, so I kind of expected, like, okay, this guy's done some films. He needs to raise money for his film that he's currently working on, so surely he's going to want to talk about him and his films. And then he kind of goes, hey, wait, let's just talk about you guys and your journey, like, <sighs> Yeah, like I mean, dude, he stopped me in my tracks for a second. I needed that. I'll just say that. Okay, so let me ask you this, dude. Hey, if you guys can hear my dog barking, I apologize. That's uh, me and Nichols are sitting in my living room, and my dog's out in the back, and whatever. He starts he starts talking about all this stuff, and uh, probably there's going to be people that hear this that go, "Wait, I don't like what he said about X, Y, or Z, or I don't I, he cussed too much, or you know, they're going to say something like that." So, and I don't mean, like, I know your initial reaction is going to be like, screw them, whatever, but like... No, that's that's actually not my initial reaction. Okay. So, how do we how do we get people that are still hanging in there that maybe are going, that was a little uncomfortable for me? Yeah. So, I think that we are taught growing up that if it feels wrong, we need to run. If it feels weird and it feels uncomfortable, we need to run away from it. You know, throw our little cross fingers up at it like it's a vampire or whatever. <laughs> Sprinkle a little and holy walk water. the other way. Yeah, holy water. Throw holy water at it. the The thing for me is that the more like I remember experiencing a lot of that cognitive dissonance is what I call it. I think cognitive dissonance is good. I think that's the way that we grow. Um, and so, if you're listening to this and you feel like, man, that was way too much for me. Um, they talked about some things that. <laughs> is uh, just goes against what I believe, and I'm never listening to this again. You know what? If you feel like not listening, screw to it again, you. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm if kidding. you if you feel like not listening to it to us again, to this podcast again, I just ask that you you hang in there. Just just sit in what what he said. Challenge your own faith, and because because really our faith isn't meant to be just super simple. Uh, yes, I think so. People are going to disagree with me on that, uh, but I do think that we, as Christians, the only way that we can grow is to continue in discovering new things about not only our faith but our God and just each other. And I think that's that's kind of why I brought up. And your dog is barking like crazy. She's going nuts. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, We're not going to edit her out either. So you guys can just. She's like the. Most sweetest thing ever. So. Yeah, she's awesome, and we forced her outside, so she's <laughs> a, she's alone. But here's the thing: I remember that feeling. <laughs> I remember that feeling so well. 
I have grown so much from just sitting in that, feeling it, and getting through it, and, and actually hearing the other side, because I've actually got more friends and more people that I know that are atheist, agnostic, gay, lesbian, whatever. Uh, I mean, those are the ones right on top of my uh, on off the top of my are head. Are any of them both or all of those things? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe not all of those. Not really how you gay be. and lesbian. Yeah. No. So hey, r- real quick, let me interject because okay, I want to say I think it's important to note, like that's kind of the point of this podcast is remember this okay because we're giving people permission to just be where they're at we're, we're not here we weren't here to listen to david and then attacks theology we're not here to even teach you about theology that's not our goal what we're here to do is create a little bit of a space and say anyone's welcome in that space and we're we're willing to listen and ask questions hopefully some good questions and we want to learn from each other there's a ton and before before you ride him off go watch ragamuffin just go watch it yeah, I just just go watch it, and you'll see a lot of what he's about, what he, why he says what he says. I mean, he's giving his freaking money to the poor, and he's like saying he doesn't even have. Like, he's not. He's making a ton of money off this. All right, hey, let's wrap it up. It's been uh, it's been great. Thank you guys for listening. Hey, thanks for checking out Helmet Theory Podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed what you heard. Do us a favor if you don't mind, go give us a like, a follow, or rate us on iTunes or any podcast source that you listen to us on. And we will see you guys next time. Thanks.